the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Only those who obey his commandments enter into union with Christ. Now, obedience does not produce salvation, but salvation should always produce obedience. Did you catch that? Let me play those last few words again. Now, obedience does not produce salvation, but salvation should always produce obedience. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and this is Study Verse by Verse, and he's in uh, the 14th chapter of the book of John. We'll pick up there in just a moment. I'm Mike Trout. So glad you've joined us. I'll talk more about the church and some of the upcoming events at the end of our uh, time together. Here's Pastor Leighton. Now, the day of Pentecost was just a few days in the future, just a few weeks away, and something exceptional happened on the day of Pentecost that transformed the work of the Holy Spirit from that day forward. The Apostle Peter stood up in Acts chapter 2 and said, What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, in the last days is a reference to the days between Jesus Christ's first coming and his second coming or return. So we are in the last days. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Now in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was said to fall upon only a few selected people. People such as Othniel in Judges chapter 3, Gideon in Judges 6, Jephthah in Judges 11, Samson in Judges 14, Saul in 1 Samuel 10, David in 1 Samuel 16, Jehaziel in 2 Chronicles 20, and Ezekiel in chapter 11. There are really less than a dozen people that are so described, and all of them are men only, and all of them are in leadership only, or designated for such leadership. But the Apostle Peter says that according to the prophecies of Joel, in the last days, the pouring of God's Spirit would not be limited to men alone, nor leaders alone, that even men servants and maidservants would experience it. In those days I will pour out my Spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Now in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was said to uh, come upon Uh, these people, but it was only temporarily and to give them the strength. There's no indication that the Holy Spirit remained with them. But Jesus here is speaking of an abiding relationship in which the Holy Spirit remains with the believers and in the believers for the rest of their lives. And this is a unique fact of this age in which we live, the church age, because the Holy Spirit was here and active before the day of Pentecost, but on the day of Pentecost, he came to indwell believers. And that's what was new that occurred on the day of Pentecost. And so believers now are given the Holy Spirit, which empowers us to do what Jesus has called us to do. 
Then secondly, there's the presence of the Son. Verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And so the disciples are filled with anxiety and fear. And Jesus says to them, I will not leave you as orphans. The word is orphanus. It means without a father, but it's also used of disciples and students after the death of a beloved master. For instance, Plato says that when Socrates died, his disciples thought that they would have to spend the rest of their lives forlorn as children bereft of a father. And they did not know what to do about it. Jesus said, that's not going to be the case with you. I will come to you. And the primary reference there is to the resurrection. He says, in just yet a little while. You see, it was only a few hours between Jesus talking to his disciples and the crucifixion. And after the crucifixion, the unbelieving world would no longer see him. The indications in Scripture suggest that after his resurrection, Jesus chose only to reveal himself to the believers and not to the world. Jesus said, because I live, you also will live. What Jesus was saying, his death is not going to be able to keep me in the grave, and it's not going to be able to keep you in the grave either. I have overcome death and the grave. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father. That this relationship I've been talking about with my Father is just as I described it. Now, On that day is often found in Old Testament prophetic literature, And some commentators believe that it refers to Jesus' resurrection, that when Jesus was resurrected, that the people would understand this special relationship that he had with Almighty God. But there are others who believe it relates to the day of Pentecost, because it was on the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit was given. And as we will see, it was the Holy Spirit who teaches and brought it into truth that gave them understanding as to uh, the union that Jesus has with his Father. Jesus says something interesting here. It's a profound promise. And you in me and I in you. That is, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, believers are united with Jesus. Now, the Bible does not teach that we become united in terms of one sense, that we become part of the Godhead. There are cults that teach that we can become God or we can become like God. That's not what the Bible teaches. That we have, what the Bible teaches is we have a special relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Now, like Nicodemus and the disciples, we have a tendency to try to understand Jesus' words, to interpret Jesus' words literally. You remember in John chapter 3, Jesus telling Nicodemus, you must be born again. To which Nicodemus replied, what do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? He's thinking literally. He's thinking, my mom is not going to be happy with this. I was a pain when I was 8 pounds, 14 ounces. This is not going to be good. He's trying to figure it out literally. And, and, and if we try to figure this out literally, our, our imaginations are going to go wild trying to picture Jesus in us and us in Jesus. In going through and and studying for our sermon today, I found an excellent explanation written by Pastor J. Vernon McGee. Listen to what Pastor McGee has to say. 
you in me and I in you is the most profound statement in the Gospel of John or in the whole Bible. They're all monosyllabic words so that a little child can understand them. And yet no philosopher can plumb the depths of their meaning. You and me. That is salvation. You and me. To be saved means to be in Christ. God sees everyone as either in Christ or out of Christ. You are either in Him by faith or you're out of Him with your sins still upon you. If you are in Christ, then God sees you in Christ. And His righteousness is your righteousness. You stand complete in Him. You and me, salvation. I and you is sanctification. It's Christ living down here in us. Is Christ living in you? Paul says, I am crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You and me, salvation. I and you, sanctification. Jesus thus assured his disciples that his death was not going to end their relationship with him, that it it was an indestructible relationship. Romans 8 says, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. And then there's the presence of the Father. Verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And so once again, love for Christ is expressed in ethical terms. He says, the man who loves Christ is the one who has his commandments and keeps his commandments or obeys his commandments. Now, to have commandments is an unusual expression, the meaning of which appears to me that to make the commandments one's own, to take them into the innermost being. Now, Jesus not only speaks of having the commandments, but keeping them. And this means that it's more important to obey the commandments in our daily living than to just understand the grasp or grasp the, the content. He says, only those who obey his commandments enter into union with Christ. Now, obedience does not produce salvation, but salvation should always produce obedience. And then he goes on to say, it's only the one who loves Christ who will be loved by the Father. It's the Son who reveals the Father to us. If we reject the Son, there's no way to know the Father. And then Judas expresses his bewilderment in asking a question. And there's a parenthetical statement here saying, this is Judas, but it's not Iscariot. Judas was not an uncommon name. Uh, There was two by the name of Judas in the 12 uh, apostles. You can find the list of their names in Luke chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 10. So Judas expresses his question, Lord, how is it you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Now remember that the disciples at this time are thinking that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. 
And the concept of Messiah is something they have been raised with in their, in their, in their background. So they have certain concepts of who the Messiah is going to be. The Messiah is going to be a great military and political leader. And uh, so they think Jesus is the Messiah and he's supposed to be a, a great leader. He's supposed to get rid of the Romans and set up a, an earthly kingdom. And Judas is asking this question, how can you do that and only reveal yourself to us? I mean, you have to reveal yourself to, to the world. It, it, I don't know, how does this work? And then Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And this is the third time he mentions this in this section, that he will not reveal himself to those who refuse to love him and obey him. What a great thought to end on as we bring to a close another broadcast called Study Verse by Verse with our teacher, Pastor Leighton Sheely. I hope you can join us tomorrow as we pick up right where we're leaving off. All of our past broadcasts are available for review and download when you go to the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. We're also a nonprofit outreach and depend upon your prayer support and your financial support. You can give safely on that website. Again, that's highlands.us. Have a blessed rest of your day and come back tomorrow, if at all possible, at this same time when we'll once again Open the Word of God to the book of John and study verse by verse. This program is sponsored by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.